This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen and Dan Crawford from HamiN.com. This is going to be a great show. We're going to break down Fulham's victory against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Dan was there. Max and I watched it, so we have a lot to talk about. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Okay, before I go to Dan, I want to go to Max first. Max, I, I know it can't be Mad Max today. It has to be Optimus Max, right? So how are you doing? Uh, it's great. I mean, what you couldn't have written up a better script if you tried away at Old Trafford. I'm a first win in 21 years. And to have victory after it seemed like we'd thrown it away again, because I was Mad Max. I was furious, Russ. <laughs> we'd seen this movie before at Anfield, you know? Similar happened to us at the Cottage against United. Playing a good team close, and not coming away with the three points. And then that final breakaway will always, I'll always live in the full of memory. Traore, who's had such a poor season with injury, just made everything, every perfect decision and a Wobie's finish. I don't know what it's like for you, Dan, but at home, I didn't know if it was in because it was so perfectly placed and the keeper didn't even move. And the net, it wasn't hit very hard. And he thought, is that wide? And just the moment of joy after that hits the back of the net, unrivaled. So I'm delighted and can't wait to talk about it. Okay, I cannot wait as well. If you're watching live, feel free to share your comments on this. So, Dan, you were there. Did you think it went in? Let's just start oh, there. Yeah. Did I think it went in? Yeah, I yes. mean, I, I, I saw it go in. I mean, I did wonder <laughs> if I hallucinated the whole thing and the actual match was due to happen later. But, yeah, I knew it was in, mate, mainly because we all ran down to the front. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe Max needs to get his eyes tested. I don't know. Um, well, yes, I thought, but that's the answer to that question. But I mean, what a roller coaster ride. I, I have to be completely honest. I, 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 I was persuaded to go to this fixture. I, I wasn't particularly keen on uh, reliving all this pain again. And of course, it had to be Harry Maguire. I'm sure we'll get on to all of that because the two of you will have opinions. But yeah, I can't top Max's description of the uh, uh, of the winning goal as it turned out to be. I mean, I did meet a friend of mine at half time who said that uh, he really liked Alex Wobi uh, until. He came back from the African Cup of Nations until the first half when he seemed to not be able to finish anything. And I haven't had it, in, I haven't actually texted this fella to ask him if he's still hating Alex Wobie because he was quite, it was almost Max like in his dismissal of, uh, uh, of the, uh, the, the finishing of the Premier League quality almost of the uh, individual involved. I thought it was. Very fitting that Wobi, after all the nonsense that he's had over the last um, few weeks, you know, indeed, uh, the Nigerian Whites, as that famous flag from the Europa League run proclaimed that there were many Nigerian Whites, well, the Nigerians got us a glorious victory over uh, Manchester United. And no one can say that we didn't deserve it. Not even Eric Ten Hag. Not even... You know, bring bring me the people who think that we that that was a robbery because you know that they don't know anything about football. Well, that brings me to asking you the question or talking about Fulham deserved the victory, Dan. I'm glad that you brought it that way. And Max, I've not heard anyone say that they haven't. I've actually heard Manchester United supporters that 
even said that as well. In fact, uh, if you want a chuckle or two, watch some of these uh, video watch-alongs with Manchester United supporters. I'm telling you, you will enjoy it. That's all I'm going to say. There's one particularly making the rounds Flying Pigs United. Highly recommend watching that. That'll that'll be fun for you. I'll just leave it at that. So, Max, no one can say Fulham didn't deserve the victory. I think you'll agree with that. They absolutely did. In fact, I think the only criticism I think any of us can have is that Fulham didn't win by more. You know, the thing about United nowadays is I'm thinking about them as a club, and they're really just a, a mid-table club with a big stadium is how I view it. Because you look at the, the team they put out yesterday, and it was pedestrian. That was maybe the worst United squad I've seen in a decade plus. They were awful. I think we can all agree Manchester United offered nothing yesterday, with the right. exception of two maybe 15-minute spells. We were by far the better team. You know, what was mo- most frustrating, Russ, is what you said we didn't win by more. But what's most frustrating is our reaction after the Bassey goal. For the first 20 minutes of that second half, that was the best I've seen Fulham play all season. I'm going to go out there and say it. Okay. We were superb. Um, and if Robinson maybe has a better decision-making in the end, if Muniz gets a bit luckier, we're up by two or three. And as Dan mentioned, if Awobi can hit the target on those two great chances in the first half, it's a different story. But then we gave them too much respect. And a team like Manchester United this year deserves no respect at all. I mean, they're a joke. Some of the players that were playing yesterday, I'd never heard of. And again, I'm not a United <laughs> fan. But even the players they weren't playing, Harry Maguire, I mean, dinosaurs. Christian Eriksen, a shadow of his former self. Rashford, is that the Marcus Rashford of, of yesterday? I mean, this team was so poor. And we, we made them look average. But there were spells when I think we sat back too much. Um, and, and let them back in. Bruno Fernandes also embarrassing. I mean, what an embarrassing display by him. I'm sure he was also in the video of him rolling about just to yep. get up. I mean, United, <laughs> if we were ever to be Manchester United, it would be this season. And we should have done it at the cottage in late 2023. And I'm glad we did Old Trafford now. But, I mean, I think Wayne in the comments has it perfectly. Marco got his tactics spot on. And Eric Ten Hag, I don't, I don't think he has many has much time left at United. He doesn't, they have no tactical plan. I totally agree, Max. And uh, Dan, what's interesting about this, I've heard all kinds of commentary. I've watched a lot. I watched actually Match of the Day, so I've heard what they had to say. And Eric Ten Hag is getting killed here today and last night for uh, the display of his side. But I think actually, in my opinion, it takes a little bit away from the victory because I think Fulham played so well. And Marco got his tactics right, Dan. That's where I actually started my... Five takeaways is that I thought Marco outcoached Ten Hag, set his team up to succeed, picked the right starting 11. And from the get-go, Fulham were really, in my opinion, were going to be the only winner. Unfortunately, it comes to the very end. But I want to give Marco a lot of credit and obviously his entire coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, he's a genius, obviously. Like... You know, it's not that it's not that difficult to out coach Eric Ten Hag. I just want you watch match of the day, right? So I mean, the match of the day clip of Ten Hag is him talking about the winning goal that um, United let Fulham escape in the written press conference and some other press co- press coverage. Ten Hag was saying that he, you know, his side deserved to win, and I mean, <laughs> I'm just like. I'm just like, oh, you, you know, I, I, I cast my mind back to some of the, uh, speaking of which, some of the shambolic managers that Fulham have employed in the immediate history. I would like to tell you both, you may have missed this, that the that uh, Marco's immediate predecessor was the in studio. Um, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, right. So they, they they didn't stretch to asking him to give an opinion on how. His previous side had improved since he left. I mean, he didn't want to, you know. Perhaps, perhaps he has. There is a list of questions that cannot be asked of um, <laughs> of the uh, of the uh, male model um, posing as a football manager. I mean, I would just take issue with something, some part of what um, uh, Mr. Cohen uh, posited there. Not, not, not much of it, but okay. the idea that. Um, Oh, I understand, you know, um, United were missing some players. Ten Hag 
is clear. And the point about where Ten Hag says he let Fulham escape, you know, Ten Hag, a proper Ajax uh, man, would recognise the quality of that build-up from the back through to Moniz, a devastating counter-attack. And then, as Max has already outlined, you know, people sort of mocking Traore, even Guy Mowbray on the... Um, on the matter, it was like, it's a question of what he does with it. And it's like a bit harsh, guy. I haven't seen you sprinting down down the wing at Old Trafford and picking out a pass. You know, it is quite difficult, especially when you haven't played much football. The, the part I, you know, we paid Manchester United too much respect. You know, we sat back a little bit. I understand where Max is coming from, but this is Fulham. You know, we are trying to get to a higher level. Let's just point out, we had no... Jao Polina, I'm sure we'll come on to it. Fulham yeah. deserved the victory because um, I've heard some smack, to use an Americanism, some smack talked about Sasha Lukic. And boy, well, you know, if he wasn't the man of the match, I mean, they could have all been the man of the match. That was the beauty of it. But if he wasn't the man of the match, then, you know, voting should be suspended. For You know, he, he was phenomenal. And it shows what you can do when you put a player in there who's trained all week and you know that's his position my Serbian friends have watched a lot of Sasha Lukic they told me that there was a player I'd seen a lot of him in Italy I thought there was a player there we hadn't really seen it but that was a phenomenal performance and I would just say what worried me the part the part the one that worried me was you took Wilson off and put Diop on and we went to a back three right and that did, that certainly did not work. That invited some more pressure. I remember we did that at Arsenal. Um, I think we went to a back three at Arsenal when uh, Arsenal won the Premier League uh, last September um, or the September before. <laughs> they won the Premier League that day on the basis of uh, the celebrations of, of Mikel Arteta. But in all seriousness... This is a rank average Manchester United squad, but you've still got to go there and do and do it. And we went there and did it in, with some aplomb. I, I was at Old Trafford for the previous victory over Manchester United, um, which was a bit more of a backs to the wall um, effort. And I would just, but there was some class. Sorry, if Chris Coleman happens to be listening. It's a bit unfair. We did play some class football in that in, in that game as well. Um, uh, but it was lovely to see Louis Bermorte, who can be a little bit modest in the sort of post-match coming over and seeing the... I don't know if you guys saw it on the coverage, but Louis Bermorte came to the front and was clapping the fans and then gesturing with his hands for more from the uh, from the fans. And it was lovely because obviously Bermorte played in that the last team. That, That's right. The last for them team that won it. Old Trafford, and I, I thought th this is one of the finest Fulham performances I've I've ever seen, and wow. it was all the sweeter because of what has happened, as you both have alluded to. You know, I mean, twice last season we went one 0 up at Old Trafford. We know what happened after that. We, you know, the same thing did happen, and the character they showed because everyone was like, "Oh, we've done it again." Um, the character we showed, and also just having Traore. I mean, you can see why it's twice this season. Once at Arsenal, when Aaron Ramsdale's face got in the way. And I think Emmy, Emmy Martinez's face, or some sort of heart, he seems to like that. He seems to like belting the ball directly at the goalkeeper. Um, but he's at his pace. I mean, you know, if there was ever an illustration why uh, Maguire shouldn't be, a, you know, anywhere near the England national team picture, um, then that was it. Uh, because he just looked like, he looked like an unfair sort of school sports day race, like a mismatch, you know, some little, some child with his egg and spoon and a proper like 100 metre sprinter. Um, <laughs> it was exceptional. And that is why you have Triore. I know. I went, I went off a bit there. No, Went very good, there, Dan. Russ. Sorry. No, I appreciate that, Dan. I was going to talk about Triori in a little bit, but you brought us there. But I want to go back and I want to focus on Sasa Lukic because you mentioned that earlier. And I want to talk about 
the difference he made. I, but I also want to put Harrison Reed in that, and I'll go back to. But I want to go to Max first because Max, I was really concerned. In fact, this is why I predicted a three to one Manchester United victory because of Paulinha being out. Lukic made the difference, but it wasn't just him. I also want to give Harrison Reed a lot of credit. Let's talk about the two of them picking up the slack for not having Paulinho and what that meant. Because their midfield, if you listen to anything about Manchester United today or yesterday, they're all complaining, where was their midfield? Well, maybe it's because Reed, Lukic, and I'll put Pereira in there, did their job. Yeah, I want to say uh, Pereira first, actually. I thought this was his best game of the season as well. Okay, great. He struggled a lot. I've given criticism. A lot of fans have. I think he had a point to prove at his former club, and he did it superbly. Very interesting, yes. And I think Lucas and Reed had the same situation. These people have been benched all, all season, essentially. Um, you know, written off in many instances. And they proved everyone wrong. I mean, to, if you told anyone that we would have won at Old Trafford, I'd say win in the midfield without Palinia. They would have said, you're crazy. But this, this is the strength of Marco, and this is why I give him so much credit, is because I think there was a superb man management and superb game management. Harrison Reed, I think he saw the headlines saying that Southgate's giving him a look, and, and he battled. I mean, after the injury as well, he got hit in the eye, Casemiro kept going. Just so tenacious. The best of Harrison Reed. And for someone who hasn't played a lot of first-team football, even more impressive. And Lukic, I think Dan was right. You know, as fans, we hadn't seen the Sasha Lukic, which we'd expected. I think partially his, his good analysis is that he wasn't playing his preferred position, but maybe this is a bit of life after Palinia, you know? Um, oh, come on, was... Max. Come on, man. Don't, don't bring me down like that, man. Palinia's leaving. Palinia's not staying. Disabuse yourself of any notion that Palinia's going to stay past the season. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Jack. I'd like uh, to probe him for an I'll probe the witness for an answer on, the, on this <laughs> revelation. I mean, where's he got the answer? Oh, anyway, carry on. Carry on, um, but I mean, it was excellent, and and the best parts of the match is when we won the ball in midfield and broke with pace. Yeah, and that's not really something I don't know. That's not really Fulham this year, in my opinion, because we we had Vinicius up top at times. You know, we, Jimenez maybe isn't that player, but Maniz was great at connecting, oh. and and the, and the passes yeah. back to Awobi, the the service he got and the space he found, it was counterattacking at its best. So I'm I'm, I'm delighted with them. And again, you know, no Paulina, no problem. Okay, very interesting that you put it that way. Okay, back over to you, Dan. So you've already talked a little bit about Lukic, but I wanted to throw a read in there. And I'm glad that Max and I have also brought in Pereira because, like I mentioned, all the talk was about their midfield that I was hearing before the match and actually after the match about how bad their midfield was. And I think it has all to do with these three players, Dan. You got to witness it, so... Tell us what you saw from Lukic and also Pereira. Well, I think let's start where Max started, Andreas. I've been very critical of Andreas, and it's quite harsh, I think, because he had a sensation first season at Fulham. And, you know, let's be clear, we, we, we did score from a corner. It's a strange uh, goal. I don't, think, um, I don't think that one was worked on the training ground to quite that degree. And I don't think Andreas will get a Premier League assist for it. Um, but it was the three things that, that really impressed me about um, Pereira were his movement, his desire to go and win the ball back. Um, the press, you know, Andreas does lead the press really well, and Meniz is getting better at that. Um, and then is it the intelligence of his uh, passing and movement? And you know, on another day, he could have he nearly scored a couple of wonder goals as well um and that's the andreas Pereira we want to see right the thing as well he dropped into deeper areas because we were just having so much joy i i, I couldn't believe it it was like um i mean casemiro looks the shadow. yeah he got he looks a shadow i mean how much they pay for him and how much is he on as a geezer outside in the park right now i think he could <laughs> Put in a bit more than than Casemiro, um, and then uh, I like Kobe Manu. Um, I think he'll be a really good player. But they got bossed. They got bossed, and yep. I'm pl- I'm pleased for the um, for the Ginger Iniesta because there's a few people sort of mocking that idea that he might be an England um, player, even amongst our own 
fan base. And it is a bit of a left field shout, but you know, as I've mentioned indeed to Gareth Southgate previously, he has to if he wants to win a trophy, he has to have a Fulham player in the squad <laughs> and probably probably in the team. You know, history I'm a historian, history bears me out on these these, <laughs> these facts. So he's gonna have to pick somebody and you know, unless he uh, there was in it Henry Winter in the Times. I don't know if you guys saw that interview. Henry Winter. I mean, Steve has popped into the comments. I am going to fire back at him. Andreas still cannot cross a ball from a corner. Uh, well, he did find Calvin Bassey and it did end up in the net. I think it, it, his set-piece delivery has been poorer this season, but it's still a real weapon for Fulham. I, you know, considering how bad the corners were before he started taking them, I do think we, you know, I do think we have to be a little fair. Just on um, Reedy, he was he was outstanding. This is the and the thing is, I Reed did brilliantly as a box to box midfielder, but when he got into that sort of thirty yard area and tried to shoot, sometimes they go in, uh, but he did look sometimes a little bit a uh, fish out of water playing in the deeper role because Polina. Um, was suspended, and you know I, I'll come to that. Uh, yeah. Max's assertion that he's definitely off. You know, I mean, I'd love to know how he knows that. Has he bugged the Polina household or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but having Reed in the deeper role and Lukic freed up to to play in a more adventurous and the way they were charging through the middle of the field, it wasn't. I mean, Lukic was doing it, but Wobi was doing it. And it it was like I, I don't know I don't think I've ever seen that like in a in a Premier League match. I mean I have we've normally been we've not form right Dan we've normally been defending <laughs> you know or not defending as the case may be into this gaping chasm it was extraordinary and the frustrating thing as you both um, pointed out was that we hadn't profited from this uh, and you, at half time all the talk with with the people I was speaking to was oh goodness me i mean you know we haven't taken our chances and we haven't got to it but there's a lot of anger about that um tackle from uh from uh, and that was the other thing lukic they lukic got assaulted by Maguire. we're going to talk uh, and, about that in just and he just minutes. got but but he just got up and carried on right and and the referee i mean you know, let's not do, let's not talk about referees, but no. it was another shambolic refereeing performance. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, right? So we're full and fought for that, and they had to win it twice, rather like Sir Alf Ramsey said to England in the 1966 World Cup final against West Germany. You've beaten them once, they're on their knees, now go and do it again. We had to do it, you know, I mean, stop it. And I still can't quite believe that we. We managed to do it, um, and uh, Wayne Wayne Walden in the um, in the comments talking about the Fulham fans were outstanding. You guys will be able to tell me more about uh, whether that strong away following, the largest away following since we've taken to Old Trafford for for a Premier League game, certainly, but certainly since '99 in the FA Cup. Um, you know, I gather that we made a bit of noise. You made a lot of noise, Dan. I can vouch for that. Honestly, we heard them more than I heard the Manchester United supporters. I'll leave it at that. Honestly, the foam supporters, the traveling foam supporters that you were part of, they were immense. They played a role in this, Dan. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Okay. does help, yeah, having a good, strong away support. (laughs) It definitely does. All right, Dan, let's get back to it since we're talking about Lukic. Let's talk about McGuire, okay? Now, I've heard... Different commentary on this. I actually saw something from Eric Winalda here in America when all the talks football. He said it was a yellow card. I've heard others on Match of the Day, I believe, say it was a yellow card. So I'm going to ask the two of you. I'll start with you. Should McGuire have gotten a red card? I say yes. Max, you go first, mate. Okay, go to, I'll go to Max first. I think it's a clear red. I think it was smacks of the same challenge that William got stamped on at Stamford Bridge. Which is inexplicably not. I mean, I, I can't. I, I can't understand what the rule is anymore for sending off, because I see tons of challenges each, each week. Actually, when players get the ball first and then stamp a player, get sent off. Yeah, this one 
which is just a horrific stamp studs up on the ankle, totally late. Steve has a good point for the Gilmore, which he got the ball and, and, then, and then followed through. I mean, it, it, there's not much more to say about it other than studs up, dangerous, high, in a violent motion. That's a red card. Okay. Now, Stefan says yellow card. Like I said, the commentary I have, which I'm still trying to understand, Dan, I'll go to you now, is I've heard the combination, well, it's reckless but not dangerous. Please tell me what the difference is between reckless and dangerous. It reckless, I guess, is a yellow. Dangerous is a red. I guess that's what I was hearing on the different shows here. But I think it's a red card. Your thoughts? I mean, I'll just say to you, let, let's have a hypothetical. If Xiao Polina made that tackle, he'd probably be in prison. Now, <laughs> right? So, and let's just reverse it around. Do we really think, given, given how many red cards Fulham got on one of their previous visits to... Old Trafford, you know, I, I hesitate to. Uh, well, I can put it in this way because I'm not connected with. You know, I won't get banned for three matches or whatever, or have to pay an eighty thousand pound fine. But I, I do wonder, regardless of whether I can see that, you know, they're they're trying to give some directive to the referees, but. I mean, I don't know. And let's be honest, all the talking heads don't really know. There was presumably a VAR check for this because he gave a yellow card. Yep. It was the fact that, you know, what I would say about this is there were some serious tackles that went completely unpunished even before that. I mean, I thought it was a red card, but okay, the referee gives it as a yellow card. The the um, young lads... Uh, Fonson, Fons, Fonson. I butchered his name and I was trying not to do that. He goes in on Anthony Robinson. Oh, sorry, it was Calvin Bassey, wasn't it? He goes in on Calvin Bassey very early on, two-footed late. The referee plays advantage. And he didn't go back to even have a word with the kid. That was a, that's a yellow card. Uh, Robinson gets crunched by somebody uh, later on in the first half. Uh, I mean, Maguire is a bit of an oaf. And that was a thuggish challenge. And, you know, if we, what, I, I, as Russ says, uh, as, as Max says, Russ, I don't yep. know what, what a red card is anymore, what a yellow card is anymore. It doesn't seem to matter. They seem to just do what they want. But that, you know, it really, really sort of hurt me that uh, Maguire was still on the field. Because even after he got that yellow card, he had a couple of swipes at people. And, you know, I, I think it's very contentious. And it's probably actually one of those ones that if we had this stupid blue card, he might have got a blue card for that. But who knows what would have happened there? I don't know. Okay, Dan, let's uh, move on. Let's talk about Rodrigo Muniz. Now we've had several performances from him, so I'm going to just ask the question. I thought he was fantastic in this match. Should Muniz start the rest of the season based on what we've seen his progression be? Am I going too far on this based on what have witnessed in the last few matches? I don't think so. I mean, look, the, look I think you may be going too far in terms of start the rest of the season um, because – He's got the shirt at the moment and, you know, you're not dropping him. I have to say how he managed to sort of, I mean, he, he, how he managed to twist around, spin Lindelof around like that and get a shot yeah. even vaguely close to the goal. Like that was, in, that was incredible. But it was the, it's the, all the things that people said that Rodrigo couldn't do, you know, hold the ball up battling with Maguire, whatever you say about Maguire, even in the um, the build-up to the goal, he's there making a nuisance of himself. Maguire's hanging off the back of him. Maguire actually wins the header and we get the ball. Um, but it was the strength, the running, the vision, some of the passes, you know, and he was very unlucky, even with that header right at the end, well, not quite right at the end, but, you know, and there was another header in the first time. It looked... It shows what confidence and working with a top-class coach and having someone who believes in you can do. And it's not like it's completely unprecedented because he did score some good goals in the championship. He did. Um, but I would say, you know, I, I like Raul Jimenez, but Raul Jimenez is, is older and coming off another 
uh, injury. Um, the interesting one is with with Breuer and what they do. Um, you know, that we're obviously going to. Uh, well, this is going to be a financial situation, Dan. Well, I don't. You know, give, give our impoverished neighbours a little bit of uh, a little bit of petty cash. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I, you know. I, my 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 mother always told me to be nice to people who were less fortunate than you, and, <laughs> you know, needed some assistance. So I guess that is what we have to do. But look, I, I think it's a wonderful development, yep. and he he looks, uh, you know, uh, Stefan has, has mentioned it. It caused a bit of mockery online this week when the. Um, the reporting from Brazil that said that Pereira was in line for a call-up from Dorigo Junior um, was extended to cover Muniz as well. I mean, I mean, could you imagine Fulham having a that's crazy a, a starting Brazilian, you know, a Brazilian international centre forward? I mean, we've got a Brazilian everything else, haven't we? Um, right and. Yeah, look, it's just fantastic because he is a remarkably likable guy. And, you know, the fact that he wants to samba with everybody, regardless of who's scored the goal, I mean, that is very enjoyable. Um, and I think I'm not sure where that interference is coming from. It might be me. Um, uh, I think he, he deserves to carry on at, at the moment because, as Wayne says, the more games he plays, he will score more goals. I think he was very unlucky yesterday not to get one. Toy agree. One, one of the contenders for man of the match, you know, genuinely. I totally agree, Dan. And listen, I know I'm jumping ahead, but that's what I do to talk about the rest of the season. But I think that's how impressive this run has been for him. And, Max, I want to get your thoughts because – Myself and many others, you know, we're questioning Rodrigo Muniz. We've seen glimpses, and now we're seeing him just improve match after match. And I'm not saying that he's Mitro. I'm just saying he allows Fulham to play like they have with Mitro. And that's different than with Jimenez. I like what's going on here because they can revert back to how they played last season. And it took them a while to get used to playing with Jimenez. So I like this development. And it seems to work, Max. Your thoughts about Muniz? I know I'm jumping ahead about should Muniz start the rest of the season, but if he continues to play like this, it's going to be hard to get him out. He hasn't done anything to justify being dropped yet. Is how I see it. He's growing to the role, as you guys mentioned. That snapshot he had when he turned Lindel off and hit it off the, the upright, that's top-class center forward play. And, and as you guys were saying, that's everything he wasn't doing earlier this year. So I think we're seeing rapid improvement before our eyes. Um, you know, at the moment, he, he should be the starter. And it's not just how he's playing. It's how players around him seem to be playing. We seem to be a bit more dynamic, fluid. People are making runs off him. He can get them involved. It is the type of center forward which Marco Silva loves to play with, that type of role where the striker is a focal point but brings others into attack. So I'm, I'm happy with Muniz for now, for sure. Okay. I have to share this comment, and Dan, I'm going to get your thoughts on this because I actually had a conversation with someone talking to me about Bern Leno. Now, this is from Stefan. Should Leno be our first choice? In my opinion, there is no other choice. It's Bern Leno. But I think I understand why supporters are questioning him recently. He's had a few mistakes lately, but Bern Leno is your starter, Dan, correct? Yeah. Um I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there is another choice, Russ. I know you didn't mean it quite like that. So, if well, no, I, nothing if against Marek. If Marek is listening, and you know, sorry, Mazo, you know, we uh, some of us appreciate you, my friend. Um, uh, but I, I do think we might be overwrought. Now, teams have obviously worked out that they can crowd burnt from corners. He doesn't look quite as commanding as he did earlier in the season because they're now putting people in the six-yard box and he looks a bit flappy. And yes, he has pushed a couple of shots, you know, into dangerous areas rather than away from the goal. But I mean, I haven't watched it over and over and over again, but he is unsighted as Fernandez goes to pull the trigger by his own defender, I think. And he will want to do better with that like he would have wanted to do better with the Liverpool goal. There was another one recently, I think, as well. 
oh, well, all of those goals at Bournemouth that I wiped from my memory bank, Max, when you were, when, uh, yeah, when we were, when we were uh, watching that together, uh, wonderful use of our Boxing Day, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> look, well, let, let's be clear, clear here. Burnt Leno is what is probably reason number one for why Fulham are in such a healthy position in the in, in the in the Premier League table, and um, he offers so much to the team in terms of leadership and and the confidence to play out from the back, and experience, and everything like that. And yes, he made make some mistakes, and it's right that. He will want to, you know, he will feel some some pressure, but um, I don't think you're dropping him at this. Or, well, I wouldn't be dropping him at this point. I okay. think you just, you know, but he'll train hard and we'll see how he goes against Brighton. But, you know, let's remember he made a couple of magnificent saves. One from Ganacho, I think, in the he first half. some excellent half, saves, yes. That was extraordinary. So, yeah, let's not... Um, Let's not make perfect be the enemy of good here because Leno was good yesterday until that moment where he might have done better, but so might a lot of people. I mean, if you're allowing Maguire to do that, there have to be questions asked of some other people here. Okay. In the fair in the point. whole set in the whole setup, in my view. Okay, fair point. And listen to your point about Marek Rodak. I'm a Marek Rodak fan. I'm just a big Burn Leno fan, honestly, and I think that he, as you have stated, has been a big part of the reason why Fulham are on 32 points. Let's be honest here. So for me, that's why I go in that direction. Over to you, Max. Your thoughts about this. I understand why fans are thinking about Leno right now. I I get it because of the mistakes. But overall, as we're talking about, he's got to be your first choice goalkeeper, correct? Yeah, I've not seen any of that questioning of Leno. And I don't think there should be. He's our first choice keeper. I think you guys summed it up perfectly. He's arguably player of the season last year, has been a revelation, maybe the bargain buy of the past couple of years for Fulham. I don't think he's had had a disastrous couple of couple of matches. He's had, made some errors. I think the Burnley one is another one I'm disappointed in him for when he got beaten on that cross way too easily. But I, I like Marek Rodak, um, but I think he's a backup right now. And the goalkeeping situation is not one I'm at all monitoring. Okay, very good. One more topic before we go break down the match. And I want to go and talk about the Super Eagles showing their importance to Fulham, Dan. I I was talking about this for probably a month and a half to two months about the loss of Bassey and Awobi and what it would feel like. And I think Fulham felt it. But I think they also showed in this match, I know they both scored the goals, but it's not just about the goals. It's what they offer Fulham, Dan. I think these are two building blocks for now and for the future, Dan, we're talking about Bassey and Awobi. Their importance is massive, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, but uh, that's fairly obvious, um, <laughs> frankly, by virtue of how how they've how they performed both for Fulham in the immediate build up to the African Cup of Nations, then how they both performed at the African Cup of Nations, and you know, Calvin Bassey is gradually becoming a very uh, strong option um but i'm not quite as sold on him being the immediate first choice you know i think he's had a okay. good he's had a good start to it in his natural um position um and i was very pleased to see him he took the goal really well you know the sort of strange kind of circumstance that that it came about he absolutely thumped it and uh, I, I knew that one was in as well by the way um and uh and Defensively, very sound, and you can see the attraction of playing Bassi and uh, Tossin uh, as natural ball players and physical players as well. Um, but you have got a bit of horses for courses there. I, I still think Issa Diop has a role um, to play. He's a good defender as well, and nobody uh, on your side of the Atlantic will want to write Tim Ream off at all. Um, so. Yeah, Bass is important. Awobi, look, Awobi's been a been an underrated player for Everton for, for, for quite some time. I think what's striking about his pathway and his development since he came to Fulham is that he's ascribed 
so much importance to Marco Silva, as do all the players, but particularly in his case, in terms of giving him the confidence to go out and express himself on the pitch. And, you know, Alex was a little modest in his post-match comments where he said, thankfully, I managed to put this one away um, because it was a very good finish. Um, but, yeah, look, I think Awobi gives you energy wherever he plays. Um, and it was important that he was on it uh, yesterday because we didn't have William. And, right. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, the uh, the Instagram or Twitter warriors of um, of Nigeria should sort of simmer down a little bit, given that uh, given that they don't often get to these African Cup of Nations finals re- recently. Um, and also, we don't, you know, you shouldn't insult your own players, you know, really. Uh, especially someone who's doing their best, and it, you know, if the Nigerians want to do that, then uh, Alex is coming home to a place that where he's really appreciated, and you know, he just wrote his name into Fulham folklore with that with that lovely finish. Fair play to him. Okay, excellent. Over to you, Max. Your thoughts? Owobi, I think, has been one of my favorite players all season, and and I, I was delighted when we signed him. A lot of people weren't, but I always knew he's going to be someone who brings an energy, as Dan mentioned, to the team, a dynamism, which is just so sorely lacking from a lot of Fulham in, in recent, in, in our attacks this year when he's not there, it just looks slow and turgid and just very easy to defend against. And he's always running. He's always making that pass, looking to to attack. And, and the, the finish was, was just remarkable. The, the pressure he's under in that moment and the composure after running full pelt down the field, 90 yards, to cut it back. And let the two defenders go and give Onana the eyes. Now it is Onana, so any shot on target would have gone in. But still, you know, it's it, it, <laughs> I, I'm astounded by it. And I think that moment, I think, was just del- delight- delighted for him because he missed the ones earlier. He just come back, as Dan said, for some, you know, very unwarranted abuse. In my opinion, I don't think Awobi was poor at all for Nigeria, and they have a lot of other people to point fingers at. So I don't know why he was such the focus of 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 the online hate. But you know, it's never rational, is it, with football fans? No, definitely but, not. Yeah, d- delighted, and and yeah, it's just it's a great storyline for them both to come back from the yep. loss in the final, and both to be on the score sheet. Absolutely, redemption for them, and uh, I'm glad that they did it for Fulham. But like I said, I I think they've been very good, and uh, I can see how that they can be for Fulham in the future. I understand where Dan's going on Calvin Bassey. He still wants to see more, and we have other center backs to look at, Tim Ream, and of course. Uh, Issa Diop, but I'm a big Bassey fan, but we'll see if he develops and continues to be the building block that I think he will be. Okay, coming up next, we're going to break down the match and we'll end with man of the match. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Dan, you were there, so I just want to get your first half analysis just overall. Obviously, Fulham created a decent amount of chances here. Alex Wolby had two great chances. I believe Pereira had a chance. We have a couple of chances from uh, Rodrigo Muniz. There's a lot in this first half, so just give me your overall thoughts on what you watched there in the first half and how are you feeling at halftime? Yeah, I talked about this a bit earlier. I mean, we were excellent. We out, we 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 dominated. United had a spell, I think, five ten minutes at the end of the first half, where you were sort of, I was looking, hoping, willing half time to to come for that reason. But then when it did come, you thought, oh blimey, you know, there's some really, there's some really good chances there, and there are also times where we didn't shoot. We looked for another pass. Um. And that's the philosophy under which, uh, what by, by in terms of the way we play, I did love that quote from Silver in the post-match press conference. It doesn't matter whether we're home or away. This is the way we play. We're going to take it to seams. And United couldn't live with it. It was it was extraordinary. I've never seen us play that offensively, and yet. Um, can see little ground. You know, they didn't look threatening until very late. I think Dallow had the shot that brushed the 
outside of the left post. Um, but no, I, I thought we were remarkably comfortable um, and that it set us up well for, for, for the second half and it got even better. It absolutely did, Dan, and we'll talk about the second half coming up, but I want to get Max's assessment of the first half and how you were feeling at halftime. I just said to myself, you know, 10 to 15 minutes in, we look good. You know, we look confident, which wasn't necessarily given. You know, Villa was a bit of a setback. Um, yes, we beat Bournemouth, but it wasn't altogether convincing, you know, and then we had the Burnley draw. So we came into the match looking like the team who'd basically been on great form, which was actually united. Um, and I, that's what impressed me the most is how positive we started the game and how we should have had two or three goals going in there. Um, and then also, let's add, no William yesterday. Someone who also, I think, is a shout for a player this season and one of the most important players in our attack. So all of all of our offensive prowess and dominating of the match is even more impressive considering who we were missing. And then one thing I think all match, and this is more of an intangible, but it seemed every single loose ball, we were there. And that, I think, is credit to the midfield three, first and foremost, is that they were anticipating, they were on their toes. And normally, sometimes, it's the opposite. You know, it seems like, we're just losing out in every 50-50 and the team just keeps pinning us back. But we're doing that to United. Exactly. Very good. All right. Let's transition to the second half. I want to go right to the goal, Dan, because uh, what's interesting here, and I've heard a lot of commentary, like I mentioned from Manchester United supporters, I actually heard someone say that it got worse in the second half for Manchester United. They thought the first half was bad. It started to get worse. And I think maybe it probably comes down to that first goal from Calvin Bassey off of a corner. You were there. You said you saw it like we're joking about. So give me your thoughts on the goal that gave Fulham the lead, a well-deserved lead, Dan. Yeah, we thoroughly merited it. And we nearly got it just before the corner. Harrison Reid, uh, yeah. people saying that was a miscue. He, I think he's, he, you see him have a little look to see where the goalkeeper is. I mean, he nearly, and Max is quite flippant about it on his, uh, uh, credibility or pedigree or abil ability, I guess, in the in the United goal. Um, and then from the corner, you know, who Andreas does hit a good corner. Bassi has one go at it. I mean, I, I, I wasn't really sure why Castagna goes forward so, so regularly, but it's obviously just to be a decoy and provide a perfect assist for the other centre-back to absolutely larrap it into the net. And... Um, yeah, we we loved that. That was uh, that was great to see, and and I do think our taller and physical players should be more of a, a goal threat from set players. Like that, that's really important. So to see him bang that one away was wonderful. Okay, excellent. All right, Max. Before we talk about the uh, equalizer from Harry Maguire. I want to talk about this. Dan already brought this up. I want to talk about the substitutions. I, I think that it's pretty obvious that Adama Traore was a significant substitution. But Fulham also changed the shape. And I get nervous. I saw this so many times under Scott Parker. I don't like when they do this because it invites pressure on. What were your thoughts when they brought Diop on and you knew that they were going to be hunkering down? Yeah, I think, you know, we touched on it earlier. It just seemed to me unnecessary in a way because we were so totally dominating the match at that point. And losing another midfield player, it took us out of our rhythm. So I didn't, I didn't think we needed that. United offered nothing in the second half until that change. And I think, to be fair, they also pressed on more attacking um, after the goal. So it wasn't just Fulham's reaction. It was also how United responded. But, you know... It, as I said before, I, I just think Silva showed a little bit too much respect. Now, I'm not going to be overly critical because I think it was a masterclass in general, but when you're playing an away match, you do want to be more conservative, and we did have the lead, so I can understand it. But I would have backed the team more, and you want to put another center back, fine, but take off take off a center back. I, I would I think just taking out Wilson, a winger, for a player like Diop, just sent the wrong message and let them come on to us. And to their credit, United had a very good spell in, in the immediate aftermath, and we looked a different side. Okay. Dan, I want to get your thoughts before we talk about the goal from Harry Maguire. Change in shape. You've already mentioned it a little bit. How do you feel about this when managers do this? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not as intrinsically opposed to it as other people because I do think we're well set up to play the system with, with three centre-halves and you wouldn't find two better wing-backs in the... Well, Kenny Tete is probably well suited to be a wing-back as well, but Robinson certainly. Um, but it requires a bit of... The, the thing about it was Wilson had just gone on some lung-busting runs and... Literally, before he got substituted, he put one in the side netting, didn't he, from long range. And there was another run where Pereira didn't play him and ended up trying to take it take it on him himself. I mean, I, I, think, I do think we have to look at other strategies for, you know, how to surprise the, the opponent a little bit. But I do think we, we did end up sacrificing some initiative and, uh, and eventually that cost us. Because, it did, Dan. Yeah, go on. I was going to say, so let's now talk about the Maguire goal. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I, I want to talk about the winner, okay? So just give me your thoughts about that uh, sucker punch from Manchester United. Well, me, I mean, there's not really much I can say. I've, I've referenced it already. Maguire does well, sure. Um, but I, I think there are opportunities to clear it. Um, we've all accepted that I think Leno uh, has been has made a couple of mistakes, um, and Maguire's there to prove he might be a better centre forward than centre half. But there you are; it's done with. I worried at that point, and I know Max did too, and you would have done yep. Russ because they said, "Oh, nine minutes of added time," and you know what that means. Um, and so I'm so pleased that we weathered the storm and. We've managed to find a, a winner. Incredible scenes. Okay. So, Max, I'm just going to go back to Dan just because he could really walk us through the winning goal here. And we've watched this. But, Dan, I want through your eyes what you saw here when Alex Awobi got the match winner for Fulham, the crowd, everything. Just walk us through the beginning stages of this and then to the point where Awobi scores and the reaction with the form supporters, well, I think we were a bit relieved that we got we were we've got to throw in, um, and you know, there was a there was a guy behind me who swore profusely, but um, was trying to urge the team not to do anything silly, basically not to play out from the back, just launch it, and we'll see what happens. And of course. They worked a nice little angle, and as I said to you, they, it, it defies. I've, I've given it a pretty good description earlier on, right. but it, the way what you want with Troy is him committing defenders, taking them on because they won't be able to touch. They won't be able to keep up with him. Never mind touch him, bring him down, or, or tackle him legally. Um, and the key is getting him fit and available to feature in in more games and not make this a sort of one-off cameo where we think we've really unearthed the talent because there's no doubt he's very talented. Um, and here he did superbly, chose exactly the right time to release it. And then, as we've talked about, it's great um, intelligence from Iwobi as well to sort of fool the goalkeeper and, and stroke it almost into the bottom corner. Okay. Max, your thoughts on the goal? I think that Traore just deserves so much credit here because his ball to Wobi actually was so perfectly timed. And when you're going a million miles an hour, as we've seen Traore so many times this season, it's very hard to slow your mind down, slow your body down, and pick out the right ball. But that was just inch perfect. And I noticed there, you know, two or three minutes earlier, he got put through down the line on the right wing area. And instead of just smashing the ball in, which I expect him to do, he found Castagna. On, on the one-two, just a little bit cushioned ball in. And I just felt he was in the mood. He was locked in. He was ready. He likes a big occasion. Um, I'm just so delighted for him. And, and uh, yeah, Dan makes a good point. You know, we had it in our own area way back in, in the by the corner flag, really. And I'm seeing Castan and Diop. I'm like, what are you doing? Get rid. Get rid. <laughs> but, you know, tr trust the system. Okay. Excellent. All right, men. Let's end with man of the match. Dan, to you. Oh, well, so I've already said it should be Sasa Lukic, but um, it was one of those one of those joyous occasions where everybody played well and you're just splitting hairs at this point, I think. But yeah, I, I would have gone for 
uh, Lukic because he, he he was exceptional really in there. Okay, excellent. Anyone watching live, feel free to share who was your man of the match. Over to you, Max, man of the match. I'm 50-50 between Awobi and Pereira. I think I'll go Pereira just because I think it was such a response from him to his poor performances earlier this season. And I think the way he pressed, I was super impressed by, as well as just he was involved in everything, which is the opposite of his anonymous performances. So happy for Pereira at his former club. He looked tenacious, and that's my favorite side of him. So, Andreas. Okay, I'm going to go with Dan, and I'm going to say Sasa Lukic. So, I don't always agree with Dan, but I have to go with him this time. So, I'm going to say man of the match, Sasa Lukic. I think he was a huge difference in this match along with Harrison Reed. So, I want to highlight both of them, but I will give it to Sasa Lukic. Let's see what else we got here. So, Wayne says Rodrigo, Rodrigo Muniz was my man of the match. Stefan has man of the match, Awobi. So very good. Very good stuff. I also want to just share this from Black, White, and Fred. The check back by Awobi to take out two United vendors was delightful. I totally agree on that. And he also shares this. Ukic Romanese, Awobi, and Andreas, honorable mentions. Hard to choose just one, which is a good problem to have. I totally agree with that, guys. I completely agree with that. So great stuff. Great show. Great show. Dan, thank you so much for joining Max and I. I know you were a, a little bit of a surprise to Max, so I just want to thank you for coming on. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's always good to uh, to talk football with you guys. We don't get to do it enough, and how brilliant to do it on this uh, special weekend of uh, you know we'll be telling our our grandkids about this or you know whatever many years to come. Or you know I'll just be boring someone in a pub about how I was how I was there. It's what I do. Um, but, uh, yeah, very special to spend this time with you. Thanks, guys. Okay. Before I go to Max, I want you to put this victory in all of your years. I can't believe I'm doing this. Where does this rank? Is it up there? You're asking me? I'm asking you, Mr. Crawford. Yeah, it's right up there. I mean, uh, if only because of the, you know, we've only beaten Manchester United three times away in the league in, in our history. You know, and a lot of the time we've not even been playing in the same division as Manchester United. So whatever um, version of Manchester United this is, to take Max's earlier point, which is well made, you know, it's still a significant achievement. Now, the key is going to be, like, you look at the fixture list coming up, can we pick up some more points away from home? Wolves and Sheffield United played each other, I think, earlier today. They're two of our next, I think they're our next two away matches, and then we've got Nottingham Forest away. You know, the away form has been disappointing, shall we say, you know, but not historically um, unusual, frankly, for us in the top right. But, uh, yeah, I'd put it up there as much for the experience of, like, you know, Fulham do sort of snatch defeat from the jewels of victory regularly, and it's... You know, it's character building for all of us, but it is nice to win and to score one in Fergie time. And you know, that's right. Really made sure of it was uh, was delightful. So yeah, I, I, I'd have it in my top five, but I haven't given it much much thought. So I'll, <laughs> I'll think about it and send you an email on it. Okay, all please right? do. I know I just threw this at you at the last minute, and I'm going to do the same thing now to you, Max. Where does this rank for you? Well, I, so I was at Old Trafford in 2012 when uh, it was Musa Nabele's last match for Fulham, and we went up 1-0. It was like Damian Duff in the 10th minute, and we lost 3-2 to a big United push. And that was a proper United team. Uh, but I think this has to be up there. I mean, you know, winning at the Theatre of Dreams at a place where we just don't, perf- we just don't get it done. It's, it's such a bogey round for us. And United, I think the fan base – Probably the most deluded fan base in the Premier League. I would say this, one of my best friends is a United fan. Um, parents of Manchester, huge, n- not a fan of the fan, proper United fan. And he consistently talks about how little little love he has left for the club because of the way it's been run, the ownership, the Glazers, the lack of inspiring football for so long. But you cannot doubt that United is probably the biggest club in the world in terms of support and history. Um, so to do it, at Old Trafford is delightful. And to do it in a, in the stoppage time, in the 97th minute, we don't even play football in the 97th minute anymore. So the fact that you can run length of the pitch, score 
it checked every box. Um, so I, I'd say that's up there. Definitely one of the wins of the season. And this is what the Premier League's about, right? I mean, I'm, I was watching it. I was watching Leeds Leicester on Friday night. I love the championship. Championship's most exciting league in the world, in my opinion. Top to bottom, great stuff. But to win away at United, this is why we're promoted. And it's, it's crazy to think about. We've only been up now for two seasons in a row. Yep. And it feels like wins like this is what solidifies us as a mid-table club, which is where we want to be. Um, so for that reason, I'd say, yeah, definitely one of Marcus Silva's best ever wins. Okay, excellent. Guys, fantastic show. I really enjoyed it. And thank you to both of you for joining me. But I am going to wrap this up. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other forum supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For Max Cohen and Dan Crawford from HamiN.com and the Green Pole Podcast, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cars Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.